Okay, with Will Shahab uh, taking flight is the documentary short film, uh, really interesting film about uh, this particular woman who basically decides to basically rebuild uh, her community through the education system and basically, but I think metaphorically, I think a lot of people can relate with this, including myself who has children myself and you kind of see the education system not really being all that great. And then you documented this woman kind of kind of doing it doing it like like how she wants to get it done, I guess, right? Yeah. Yep. Ingrid, um, she's incredible what she does. She really wants to um, re strengthen her community from the ground up, and she wants to create a lot of change that she wants to see across Guatemala. And that first step is the school, which she opened about five years ago. And what she does with the education and doing a holistic education in which the kids not only are learning subjects in school, but they're learning how to express themselves, how to properly communicate. Um, they take the parents, they help them with workshops and how to build themselves up economically, how to express themselves emotionally, how to um, like uh, methods of disciplining children that don't involve violence. Um, really just any, they take every single part of the kid's life and they try and make it better. And it's incredible. The what I got out of this film is that it's kind of a maybe a cliche or basic sense, but it's basically emotional intelligence. That emotional intelligence is not taught in school, and there's so many communication. I'm being general, of course, communication issues with kids, and then which leads to like, I dare I say, abuse. It, it, it leads to a lot of conflicts later on when they become adults because they don't learn how to communicate with each other. They don't learn how to how to express what they're feeling inside. And I think that's one of the things that fails. And she's kind of touching on, on what I just mentioned. Would you agree? Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, she really wants to see change in Guatemala as a whole for the Mayan population to be seen as human by the government. Uh, the government there tends to, uh, politicians tend to protest or uh, campaign in favor of um, tourist rights. Yeah. Um, and Lake Vietnam, where she's based, it's- It's probably, economics. It's about it's about yeah. making making the, the 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 country money, right? So, right, but there's ways that the country can do it intrinsically instead sure. of having an outlet. And so, she really the first step for that to happen because she really does believe in a self sustaining Guatemala. Um, and the first step for that is the education, is the emotional intelligence, because with the ability to express yourself, then these kids can go on to really um create the change in their community and know how to express that change that they want to see. You're currently at your university of Michigan, right? Yeah. Go blue. Go blue. Well, your football team's got some running into some legal problems. So as we do this podcast, so I don't know what's going to happen there. <laughs> yeah. Free Harbaugh. That's, that's my stance. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to say much, too much on that though. As long as we, um, they don't take away our, Ohio State wins or anything, as long as they let us finish out the season, I'm happy. You'll be in the NFL next year. Mark that one down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me personally, probably not. It's funny that you you like stopped, like you're like, you got nothing to see. You got something, you got tons to say, but you don't want to say anything about that. So I apologize for the segue. Let's get back to your film. So when did you so your this is was this this documentary through your school? Done through your school? Um, it was actually through a program called Actuality Abroad. It's on okay. its own independent company. And their mission is they have these four-week intensive programs where four team, uh, five teams of four kid students 
or recent grads get together and make films. So each crew has a director, producer, cinematographer, and editor. And in those four weeks, they pair you up with an NGO and you have a week of research, a week of prep, a week of shooting, a week of editing. So it's a very intensive, fast process. Um, and they do programs all over the world. The one that happened to be the summers in Guatemala. I was actually studying abroad in Spain when I saw the opportunity come by and I'm someone who's fluent in Spanish. So I thought it would be awesome to go to a new country, learn about um, not only the organization, but just the people, the place, everything about it. And so not only was it a great experience in making a documentary, it was an incredible learning experience for um, to really learn about Guatemala and specifically Panajachel and um, San Juan and the whole Atitlan area. Um, and it's definitely a place I have a connection to and want to go back to. That's amazing. So then, and so you're like, you just did this, like you, you is filmmaking something you you're looking to aspiring to be eventually. Yes. Or? I'm a, I'm a film major here at Michigan. Okay. And my ultimate dream is to write and direct films, um, to tell good stories. I really wanted to push myself as a filmmaker and do documentary, um, this summer because that's not something I really do. I'm in the screenwriting sub major here at Michigan. Um, so I'm used to writing features, producing short films. Um, I currently have a film that I'm in post-production for that I wrote and directed about um, a Jewish guy and a Palestinian girl who fall for each other on campus. Um, so was this like, like, was this something like, like in fruition? Cause it seems like a very timely uh, film. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the most Jewish and one of the most Arab campuses and I'm both Jewish and Arab. So I felt like this, um, this story needed to be told. And then now more than ever, it really does. And I guess as a filmmaker, I really have a responsibility to make sure um, that my message gets across um, and that uh, it's contextualized to what's going on today. Well, that's a tough sell. <laughs> like maybe you think motions will, won't be as sensitive as they are now, but it's a tough sell as people don't want to <laughs> on both sides. I'm assuming I'm on one side, but basically both sides. I'm assuming uh doesn't want to have you see that story now but i guess that's what that's what a great filmmaker does gives us the stories that we need to have i guess right i guess now more than ever mm -hmm. um it really does need to be told um because in the end um for those of us who are born in the u.s grew up in the u.s haven't been back to the middle east on either side um the way that any piece could even be a possibility is if we come together and we just listen to each other and we get to see each other and we see each other as humans. And I, this documentary um, really touches um, a lot of that with taking flight. As Ingrid says, we need to remove the labels from each other and see each other as humans first in order for anything to be done, in order for any positive change to be created. So the experience of making the documentary definitely has influenced the message that I want um, in this film I'm making right now. Um, and I actually wrote the second draft of the script while I was in Guatemala filming um, the documentary. So, so you had this basically, the, you, like as I'm saying, you had this idea long before October 7th, I'm assuming. Yes, I had this idea probably October of last year. I think it yeah. first crossed my mind when I was just pitching ideas with the professor for a potential honors thesis. Yeah, now and now it's like it's all over. You know, as we already know what's happening, but basically, and so you're saying that you're so you're from your family's Jewish, but you're also Arab. You said, yes, my um, dad's Lebanese and my mom is Jewish. So 
Um, I'm probably one of the few Lebanese Jews out there. Um, and, uh, yeah, definitely have a connection to both sides, um, especially at the University of Michigan, um, because I'm from Evanston, Evanston, Illinois. And um, growing up, I never had that kind of Arab identity. And now I have both the Jewish and Arab identity. And I'm in this fantastic club, the Arab Jewish Alliance on campus, which really tries to create a community or to bridge to build a bridge between the two communities on campus through engaging in conversations, listening and really just getting people together as friends first before really trying to tackle any of the bigger issues. Because in the end, like I said before, nothing, no change is really going to happen or no positive change can really happen unless we come together, listen to each other, see each other as humans on the individual level, or at least that's my personal opinion. Well, listen, that's a, that's great. It's there. People will call you an idealist, but there's nothing wrong with that. And you're definitely that your subject uh, is definitely an idealist and look what she's doing. Right. So uh, just to jump back, because basically you kind of brought it up. It's sort of like, there's been a very negative, um, let's just say like negative, a lot of negativity towards university students now about their ignorance. There's a lot of ignorance about what they're doing because I'm not even trying to be subjective. I'm just, I'm just being honest that they don't know the whole story. They don't know the history, something that they, they, they seem to lack an education about, about what's actually happening. And so what you just said about that club, that seems like a pretty amazing club that I, that that's not in the media for sure, because the media, I guess, is portraying more of the, or even the protests are basically more kind of uh, antagonistic, I guess, right? So what you're describing sounds amazing. So that should be that should be a story right there. That cl- that club you have in Michigan. Yeah, that definitely inspired um, the film I'm making now. And depending on where the club goes, I would be more than happy to come back to the university and make a documentary about it after this year, or to talk to the club about making another film that could really represent its mission. I mean, right now, I think. Well, as just young people, we're, like us university students are pretty emotionally charged on a lot of issues, and we don't always know the most. I'll, like That's just how it is. Um, though everyone has their reasons for the way they feel and the way they were brought up and the, how they um, experience the world. And it's very easy to fall into these echo chambers where we're just getting confirmation biases and there's almost a snowball effect that can turn Social into... Social media, extreme. yeah. Social media, who we surround ourselves with. Um, and what I love about just engaging with people all over the world is when we don't agree, but we still take, make the effort to understand each other Yeah, and it's okay to disagree. And I feel like that's being lost today. I hate the mentality of I'm right. You're wrong. If you don't agree with me, I'm never going to talk to you. I think that's the worst thing we could do. And, uh, I really just try to whenever I love to just listen to people and just learn their stories, learn about them, engage in conversations. And I mean, I do, I do this with the Arab Jewish Alliance. I do this even in class. Like I'll, we watched beyond the Valley of the dolls and a friend of mine um, had a totally different experience watching the movie than I did. And we just talked about why I love the movie, why she hated it. And um, it was, it was really fun just to disagree um, and just this friendly environment and just to learn more about a friend and to understand everyone. Well, what you just said is amazing. And basically, but you, that's the, the issue is that, and I know we kind of generalize is that your generation of university, top university, you're, you go to one of the top schools in the United States is doesn't have that 
that that's not what that, that's not what's being perceived for your generation, right? Like there's a lot of negativity and you guys are going to go out and get jobs, right? And basically a lot of people are like, well, what's going on with these, like these smart, uh, yeah, you, Michigan is not an Ivy League school, but it's a pretty top school. Like what's happening with these students? Like in their, in their, in their takes, but what you just said is that the issue is, is that, is that I'm just rambling. I apologize. The issue is, is that what you just described about, like, there's like, let's hear someone out. Let's, that's what university is about. It's about hearing different points of view, hearing different sides, to hearing what's happening. And basically, especially the people who are right, right? So if you're if you're liberal, you hear from a conservative and basically hear what they have to say. That's what university should be about, ideally, right? And it seems like that's not, that's not what's happening, I guess, in university now. I mean, I can't generalize for sure. Other I'm just, but it's saying it's what it's what we're being, yeah. what we're seeing, right? On, yeah. I feel like, yeah, it is what we're seeing. Luckily, I guess, I mean, what's happening in the Middle East is awfully tragic. And I mean, the loss of civilian life is tears me up inside every day. Yeah. And um, I really, uh, at the University of Michigan, it's a very unique place in how, like I said, how Jewish and how Arab the universities are and how much of a strong connection students have to either side and this is the perfect place to really hear the other side my brother he's at the university of alabama and um my mom was very worried about him and she called him up and she's like is have there been any attacks on jews or arabs um he's like no because there's none on campus as it is yeah so there's a lot of campuses where that which don't have as strong of a connection which um like this isn't even a train of thought right now yeah. but here at the University <laughs> yeah. of Michigan, it's definitely something we it's hear. Def- because it's because because it, of the population, the people who are going to that school, right? And maybe Alabama, exactly. not so much, I guess. Right, and I mean, you can even take other top universities in the world. Um, a lot of the Ivies anywhere. Um, I don't know if you'll find any other university that has a pretty close to even Jewish and Arab population in the student body. Yeah. Well, listen, your mom and dad must be doing something right. You got two, they have two boys going to two, two big universities in the States. So, and you're, you're already accomplished documentarian. Like this is a, this is a very solid film. You know, storytelling, you understand how it puts together. So thank you very much for the segue. I want to get back to your film uh, because I want to talk about, so this, so this organization, how did you, how did they pick you uh, for, did they pick you for the subject or did you, how did you get tackled this, this particular film? Actuality Abroad is almost a, um, uh, they're the ones who uh, pair up with NGOs and then from there, so the NGOs know they'll have a documentary made about them. And then we, the documentarians get to choose, we rank our organizations one through five, which ones we want to work with. Yeah, and um, from there, depending on your what your choices are, they pair you up into groups of four: um, cinematographer, director, producer, editor. So you, so um, they chose make... they chose your this film for you. They chose you as the director and said, "This is this is would be a good film for you to do." Yeah, so I yeah I wanted to be a director um, or a producer, but really I just wanted to direct. Yeah, and um, they said, and I ranked my choices and. The other directors ranked theirs and it worked out where I got an organization that I that like changed the my direction in life and what I want to do after working with them. But so yeah, the actuality abroad does all the caring. 
Sorry, I apologize. So Abby then, was the one who uh who she's the producer. She's the one who submitted the film. So she mm -hmm. to, to to this festival. So she's from Actuality Abroad. She's the one who's who's helping you make. Or no, movie. um, Robin and Aubrey Canfield, who were the production supervisors, they run Actuality Abroad. Okay, gotcha. With one of the um other students who's on the film. Um, so yeah, they create. We individually choose the organization we want to work with. That actuality, uh, that actuality abroad, um, is uh, they they give us a list of five. They give us a background about each organization. We individually choose which one we want to work with. We get together in crews. We meet with the organization, and then from there, it's up to us to tell a story. Like it's very, their actuality abroad doesn't say tell Ingrid's story. They say okay. You know, how can we highlight what Tejanda Futuros does? That's your mission. And then from there, it was us as a group who got together, interviewed, listened. And we, after talking with a bunch of people in the organization, um, we realized Ingrid really had a story that we needed to tell that really represented the organization, that really um, encaptured the mission. And I mean, her father was kidnapped by the government and disappeared. Um. This didn't make it into the documentary, but the last they saw of him, he uh, was, they found his bus with bullet holes in it. Um, and she still dedicates her life to her country. She still, that her mission, her purpose in life is to bring up the, her country, uh, even after what it's done to her family. So that right there in itself is just an incredible story. Someone dedicating themselves so much to their country when it's, when it's government during the civil war did something so awful to their family. And I just Here's about um, the next generation. That's yeah, right. It's, yeah. it's so just you, uh, fine. So this so basically correct me wrong. So this is a four week program. So you mm -hmm. shot the you found the subject, you shot uh you documented them, you shot the film, and then you went to edit it and you, you finished it in four weeks. You finished the whole film in four weeks. Yeah. We uh we had a first cut within four weeks and then I spent two days, three days on my own back home finishing it up. Um, after we received some notes in our premiere from the other groups, gotcha. so it was, yeah, about 98% of it, 95% of it was done in those four weeks. And then, um, I just tuned it up back. Who home did you, who did your sound? Um, our cinematographer, um, uh, Lauren Higgins, she actually, her, um, she had access to royalty free music, um, royalty free music collection that a lot of independent production companies yeah. use. Um, so we used a lot of those sounds. Ideally, um, I would have had someone I know score it, but then it, we were in such a time crunch. So it really worked out well. And I think we found good um, backing tracks that really delivered on the emotion. Yeah, it's perfect. It's yeah, there's nothing that, but did they clean, she cleaned up the sound as well? Like, did you have like the terms of the footage you grabbed? That was all us in as a group in the edit. I mean, Brenda Pena, she did uh she was the lead editor she was the one with her hands on the laptop though we it was a very it was awesome it was a very collaborative editing process we were all together um i was in the room with her the, the whole time abby was in the room with her the whole time lauren was there like we had a very cohesive crew because we all cared so much about this story and everyone was very respectful and um in not overstepping their roles or the or not stepping on anyone's toes um, but in the end, we really came to, it was a true collaborative group effort to make sure everything was as polished as possible. So yeah, everyone got their hands on it a little bit.
That's amazing. And then, so how long did you shoot like the actual shooting of her? How long did you follow? How many days did you follow her for? Probably four days. Four days. Four days. Then, I think. Yep. Did you have like? Did you write down like a blueprint of like what you needed? Like what you did? You, did you know thematically what you're the movie you were trying to tell? Like how did you yeah, kind of like? Uh, you said you haven't gotten. You said you write screen write, plot write screenplay. So I'm assuming you kind of jotted out kind of the plan of attack, I guess, to make this film. Yeah. So actuality abroad, the method they teach um, in making documentary is to research, research, research. Yeah. And that first week really just get as much information as possible from there, find the story. And then after you found the story prepped, so that way it can be recreated on camera, I guess, in terms of the stories being told um, because everything Ingrid said on camera, she told us before off camera and um, she, we got, Tons and tons of it. I mean, we spent days researching in Panahachel and then compiling what we wanted to tell in this 10-minute story. I mean, this, I feel like, is a story that could be expanded into a full feature. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so you uh, so you got the film done. It's it's the perfect length. This film, the perfect length, 10 minutes for this particular like story that you're telling. I know you can expand into into politics and in in the in the red tape that that's involved. But in terms of like uh, were, were your experience, because like, you said you're very young and uh, not very young, you're 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 smart. Guy, I'm pretty so. young. I mean, I've been told I'm a baby a lot. Of times. I just said that <laughs> because I'm reading your blog interview and you kind of you said I'm, I'm young. Look at me how young I am. Right? So basically you didn't say that paraphrasing, but basically you're 21 in the, when you do the blog interview. So you're did you expect this to be submitted to festivals? Did you expect it to get? to win awards you expected to get like what was your expectations when you finished the film i mean really our goal was to just get it out there and my expectations i personally i don't want to make a film that i'm not going to submit to a festival or not going to put out for the world to see yeah. and i i don't know i love movies and st storytelling so much that i i don't want to sound egotistical but i just refuse to tell bad stories and obviously i'm a student i'm learning i'm gonna fall short a lot of the time and I just got very lucky with this experience that I didn't. And there's, you learn so much about what you could do better once you finish the film, obviously. But um, I receiving awards, getting into festivals, that was never something I expected because I guess that was not why I wanted to make this film. I was really, I wanted to tell the story and just get it out in front of eyes. Um, and if it wasn't festivals, I would have put it on YouTube and marketed it as much as I possibly could so as many people could see it. Um, but Actuality Abroad does a good job of taking its films and submitting it to festivals and yeah. pointing us in the right direction. And Abby, oh my God, she's so awesome in terms of getting this film in as many places as possible. She's she she's like killing it with getting us into festival submissions. And yeah, I mean, in the end, like I really just wanted people to see the story and I'm very happy with the way it's going in terms of the festival circuit. And I'm beyond grateful for all, any award I've received. So what did we send the audience to you in the audience feedback video? What did you think they had to say about your film? I loved it. I, that made my heart very warm. I never, I was just so grateful for one, the time people took to watch the film and then on top of it to react and record that. It just like, it almost brought me to tears because like I said, I'm, I'm pretty young. I'm like, 21 years old i'm in school i didn't expect at this point to have people watch my story like watch the films i've made be impacted by them 
react to them and then get to see that reaction i mean it just like i don't know i it like it, it was just the coolest thing in the world to me so yeah so the film is going going places and you're and you're going to do your thesis film this year in, in michigan i actually um they only take one production thesis and um i didn't get it so this is an independent study film jerks but yeah i'm um <laughs> working and we shot the film um and from mid-september through mid-october we're currently in post-production um we'll hopefully have a good cut by january we'll definitely have to do some reshoots now that everything has changed i mean there's a scene in the film the climax of the film is a protest scene and with both sides and it was filmed the day israel declared war so I so mean, what was your feeling you're making this film right and it's like and this happens like just from a pure like individual basis like what are you thinking to yourself it's like oh my god like what's what's happening here it really made me think about the message i'm trying to tell with this film and if i'm properly telling it because it's one of those i don't want to vilify one side in this kind of romeo juliet yeah. story i don't want i really want to explore the nuances and it's not a feature it's only the script is 27 pages the first cut of the film is 20 minutes long yeah. So is it's it, one of the. But isn't it fair to say that we're just gonna we can condemn Hamas and then we we like every everybody else is like we there's nuance. I I condemn terrorism. I don't support Hamas and their killing of civilians. I don't support any killing of civilians. Um, I condemn. Yeah, that's all, that's all I'm trying to say. We can we can we can. There's no nuance with that, right? So basically, we could condemn those people. Yeah, I um. I just really want to make sure I'm saying the right words. So I no, I understand. I, don't, I understand. I'm sorry um, for putting you on the spot. I do not. I am not. Into, with, I feel like there's a conflation of Hamas and Palestine, which is wrong. I feel that's like what I'm saying. Not, yeah, basically, that's yeah, what I'm trying not, to say, right? So, yeah. Not, I don't think we can, we can't conflate um, Palestine and Hamas. That's very wrong. And I am not in support of Hamas whatsoever. Um, and with Israel and the IDF, like, a lot of Israelis are not in support of the IDF and the Israeli government. I don't know if we can, we can't conflate Jews and Israel. Like, yeah. I feel like um, it's one of those, like I said, I'm, I really don't want to put my foot in my mouth. No, um, no. So like I, like I said, I, you, you, you've said like brilliant things already. You don't have to say anymore. I just, we basically, I wanted to make, make that point about like this story because you're hundred percent right. There's nuance to, to everything, right? Like nobody wants to see like, or at least most of us don't want to see innocent people, get we can all agree to that right they get killed right so that's we, we can war sucks let's just put it that way right yeah yeah and i yeah any loss of civilian life i condemn i do not support terrorism in any form and um you know i just for both the israelis and the palestinians who are just getting caught in the crossfire i just wish for them to really uh i just wish for them for their safety in the end and i'm worried that a lot of people are going to die for little advancement to peace so yeah this so bridge this meal this film's great uh i love to see that i love to see this film i love to see what, what happens in your career you're definitely most definitely on your way and you're a enlightened person and yeah there's obviously some like i like it's so, so funny because you already have the perspective it's like when i get out of university i can start documenting what's happening but i guess you're kind of you're in it. You're in. You're inside the system right now. So it's hard to have that perspective, and that's what makes a great documentarian. You have to have that outside 
non-emotional perspective to kind of get the 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 basically the what what the film is about i guess yep i mean it's hard sometimes to not have emotions involved with sure yeah like it's almost impossible I, mean, yeah. I was off camera in our conversation with england we were breaking down in tears together in a lot of our conversations um there was a real emotional investment and it was one of those i was really emotionally invested in her story and really trying to prop i the worst thing that could have happened with this film is if we did a disservice by not telling the story correctly and not making a good documentary. And, um, you know, she gave us her time. She opened up her home to us. We, she opened, let us go into her organization and document it. She let us tell her story. Um, and we're just a couple of kids in the university. Like it's, it's one of those, um, it's very, it was very hard to not be emotional throughout that process. And I'm not like, I guess in terms of a, being a documentarian, I don't know how I could really go into a story and not have that emotional involvement. Um, but then again, I've only, this is really the only documentary I've made. Yeah. Um, like this. So um, I guess we'll see what happens in the future. Well, uh, let's talk again. I love to see your film. Let's keep in touch and uh, thanks for your, thanks for your candor. Thanks for your kind words. And uh, like I said, your parents must be doing, doing something right. <laughs> having both of you guys uh standing strong <laughs> part of the, the movie fun but basically so good luck best of luck with you in your last year yeah thank you so much thanks one two three four five six seven eight shlemiel shlemazo hasenbemp incorporated we're gonna do it give us any chance we'll take